Hallelujah. Well, we've been studying from the book of Proverbs. And uh, I, I, I will tell this, say this to you before we get started tonight. Um, I, don't, I never intended to teach the whole book of Proverbs. You know, it's 31 chapters. We have a pastor friend that... I don't know, when we left uh, Texas five, nearly six years, six years ago in February, when we left, he, 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 was, he had been teaching on it something like 10 years and, and on Wednesday night, and he was still just like in chapter 15 or something. Cause he, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to teach the whole book of Proverbs, and I'm not going to teach it line by line, verse by verse. But why I'm teaching in Proverbs is the Holy Ghost instructed me to teach wisdom from the book of Proverbs, and he said wisdom can be learned. Went to my Bible and got a confirmation on that uh, during the Christmas holidays. And uh, my purpose is to, to, to just get you started and get you used to looking in the Word of God for your wisdom. Amen? And uh, you need to learn the things that are in Proverbs. You need to study Proverbs. I know one minister says that it, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. If you'll read one every day of the month, at the end of the year, you'll have read through the book of Proverbs several times. Of course, on February 28th, you've got to read three chapters that, that yeah, or three or four, you know. So you understand it does not work every month, but, you know, you can figure this out. I don't have to explain it. Anyway, um, but uh, you go through Proverbs several times, and Proverbs has instructions for living. It has instructions for, it has financial instructions, and it has, um, um, it has instructions for marriage. It has instructions for how to conduct ourselves in relationships. It has uh, instructions for uh, women and, and, and uh, how to raise families and how to keep house. It has instructions for men and, and, and how to be a boss, how to be a, uh, you know, an employer and how to, be a, how to be an employee. It has all those kind of instructions. And family, you know, it's not a good enough excuse uh, to say, well, you know, I just didn't know it was in the Word. How many of you know that won't work? Amen. You're going to suffer the consequences even if you don't know. I know Pastor and I, we've done that, and I'm telling you from experience. You know, in Proverbs, we hadn't got there yet, but it talks about co-signing and so forth. And one time, we uh, uh, wanted to sell a house, and there's some people in our church, we were pastors, that needed a house and we knew they needed a house and they really wanted to buy our house and you'd have thought there's a good risk because he was the county attorney. Now you'd think the county attorney would pay his bills, wouldn't you? But I'll tell you what they did. We let them assume the loan. It was an assumable loan. We let them assume the loan and uh, they, and guess what? They let that house go back. And guess whose credit it went on? Now this has been quite a few years ago and we believed God and got it off our credit. Amen. Amen. But I tell you what, I was just like, God. And he let me know. He said, Debbie, you are responsible for what is in the Word of God. Amen. And Debbie, you're responsible when you're making decisions because we prayed about it. It's not like we didn't pray. We prayed. But sometimes when you want to do something, you know, family, you can get an answer you want to get. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you have to be careful about those things. And he said, Debbie, I heard the Holy Ghost as plain as day. He said, Debbie, you're responsible to take every decision that you're fixing to make and hold it up against the Word of God. That's what he told me. And so we're responsible for it. So, and it's in there. It's in there. So we better find these things out, hadn't we? Now, in the New Living Bible, it, in verse 2, it says that the purpose of Proverbs, it gives three, it says the purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline and to help them understand wise sayings, 
Through these proverbs, people will receive instruction in discipline and conduct and doing what is right, just, and fair. And these proverbs will make the simple-minded clever, and they will give knowledge and purpose to young people. So we found about five purposes there for the book of Proverbs. Teach wisdom and discipline. And I tell you what, none of us can live without wisdom. Number two, understand wise sayings. Number three, receive instruction in discipline, good conduct, and doing what is right, just, and fair. And all of us agreed uh, a couple of weeks ago that we want to do what is right, just, and fair. Amen? Um, you know, we need to ask ourselves that sometimes. We need to ask ourselves, is this, what's the right thing to do? You know, we need to keep our word. When we tell somebody we'll do something, we need to do it. We need to have follow through. We need to, you know, Mark eleven twenty three says, or was, is it 24? It's one, read both verses. It says, uh, it says, you know, it says, uh, when you pray, well, I better read it. Somebody turn over there for me so I don't have to. Mark 11, 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. That's enough. Praise God, because that's what I wanted to say. You know, you got to believe what you say will come to pass. And if you can't believe what you say concerning, I'll, I, yeah, I'll come to your party. You say, yeah, I'll come to your party, and you don't do it, and you can't believe what you say. Then when you get ready to believe what you say when you pray, you won't believe what you say. You won't believe what you say. We need to have follow-through. We, we need to do what's right. And the Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And you know, sometimes we need to just not commit to do things. You know, the answer's not always. But once we say we'll do something, we need to have follow-through. You know, um, um, one thing God has dealt with me and Pastor on in that area is, uh, you know, you're always, sometimes just as a matter of greeting people. You'll say, well, y'all come see us. You know, don't y'all say that out here? Y'all say y'all come see us? Y'all come see us. And you know, the answer is, yeah, we will. We're going to call you. We're going to get with you. If you tell somebody you're going to call them and you're going to get with them, guess what you need to do? Or we're going to have y'all over. Yeah, we're going to cook steaks and we're going to have y'all over. You know, if you tell somebody you're going to cook steaks and you're going to... Does anybody told me that? And here I'm looking around to see if any... No, no. Uh, anyway... Um, we're going to cook steaks and have you all over. You know, if we tell somebody that, you know what we, gotta, we need to do? We need to have follow through. Why? Because our word. We need to believe our own words. It's important to our faith. And I need to believe my own words, so I need to do what I say I'll do. And, you know, uh, uh, I, I was meditating on this. And uh, when Pastor Avery's, we had lunch with the Avery's before he left for Russia. And, uh, and I said to Miss Vicky, I said, Miss Vicky, while Pastor Avery's gone, let's get together and pray. Me and you, we'll get together and pray. And so she said, oh, yeah, let's do that. Well, I, miss, I knew he was coming home on the 18th. Well, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Is that Friday? Okay, anyway, he's coming home on Friday. And so I was like, Tuesday, I thought, mm, you know, I've not kept my word. He's been gone nearly two and a half weeks, and I, I've been busy, and I'm not going to say that anymore, but I had been. I'm not saying I'm going to be busy, but I had been anyway. And so I said, well, you know, uh, I need to keep my word. I need to have follow through. So I just made myself get on the phone Tuesday and call her and say, now, now can you get together and let's pray? You know why? Because I want to believe my words. Amen. And you know, I got, a, I got another little thing with a pastor in another town that I got to do. 
Because why? Because we said, well, let's meet together in Birmingham. Let's, let's meet each other in Birmingham and have lunch. And that's been about two years ago. And I want to believe my words. <laughs> Amen? So I'm going to do what I say. If you tell somebody you'll call them, then call them. See, we're, we, we put things off. We procrastinate. We don't face responsibility. Listen, you've got to face responsibility. If you don't face responsibility, responsibility will come up and it'll face you. It'll put you its foot on your throat. Amen. It's always better to get up there in front and, and deal with things. Don't make your creditors call you. You call them. You got a problem. It's not a sin to have a problem. You call them. Amen. Now this is good teaching. Hallelujah. You do it. You deal with it. You deal with it. Don't make them find you. You find them. Amen. And do what's right. Hallelujah. People work with you when you do what's right. Amen. When you start. But you know what most people do? They get them, you know, they can have all sorts of bills. They can have bills piled up an ankle deep. No, knee deep. That ankle deep's not deep enough. Knee deep. And they'll get caller ID. And then they won't answer the phone. Unless it's, you know, their friend. Why? Because they're always avoiding the creditors. Amen. Now, God, I, God wants to get you out of debt, and He wants to help you. Hallelujah. And He will. And He'll be merciful. And He'll be, a, a, I mean, He'll forgive you if you made all sorts of mistakes. He'll forgive you, and He'll help, not only forgive you, He'll help you get out. But He won't unless you're dealing truly and dealing uprightly and doing fairly and doing what is right and just. Do what's right. When you do what's right, God helps you. Amen. But when you're not doing what's right, you're not going to get God's help. God's not going to help you do wrong. Amen. He just can't. That's right, Pastor. Hallelujah. Uh, then also, number four, make the, the simple-minded clever. Well, hallelujah. That means everybody in this room, we can, we, can all, we can all be clever, can't we? Number five, to give knowledge and purpose to life. I tell you, I like that purpose to life business. I like you, you need a purpose to life. If you don't have a purpose to life, you're not going to be happy. If you're unhappy, it's because you don't have a purpose to life. You don't have a vision. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. And people that don't know where they're going or what they're doing, you know what they do? They get in trouble. Amen. In one kind of trouble or another, it may be financial trouble. It may be just flat out old sin trouble. But when you don't know what you're going, what you're doing, you, and you know it's our fault when we don't know. Because God's not withholding. He, he, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for every person's life. Every person He has a plan. He's not leaving it up to us. Just do whatever you want to. He's not leaving it up for you to go to the university and take some sort of test. And they have these tests where you can find out, well, you know, you might, I think Eric, when he was in high school, they gave him a test. And he, he, they said he might be a good marine biologist. I don't know why. I don't know what question he answered to be a marine biologist, but, but that was one thing they said he might be good at. But you don't, you don't need a test. And besides, that's not going to... You've got to know the plan of the Lord and the way how you get the plan. Real simple. Get before God and pray. Amen. That's one thing we're doing on Saturday night at 6 o'clock. We're not just praying for our city. We, last, six, last Saturday night, we prayed out the plan. We, started, we prayed out the plan. And you know, you've got to pray on it a while. You know, you know, some people, you know, they like, okay, I prayed. And they got down, okay, Lord, show me the plan. And they pray one prayer and get up and expect God to have answered. 
No, you walk the floor and pray until you get it. And then you come back the next day and you, you chew on it a little bit more. And then the next day you chew on it a little more. And the next day, and the, you know, you maybe the next day you didn't get to it, but three days later you come back and you chew on it a little more. And it began to unfold in front of you. And God don't just show you the whole plan all at once. He shows you, He just shows you sometimes the next step. Or you may just have a, you know, uh, you know, just, you might just get one thing. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, we got to find that purpose to life. If we don't have a purpose to life, we'll be, we won't be happy. Amen. I found that one of the big keys for me to be happy in life, and I, I think this is true for everybody, they just don't know it. But God showed me this, is always have something to look forward to. And you say, well, I just don't have anything to look forward to. Well, you have to make your own things to look forward to. So I just make my own. I do. I just make my own little things to look forward to. It don't take much for me to look forward to something. I mean, I don't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, a cruise in April, you know, for me to look forward to it. It can be just like, okay, I'm going to get to go to lunch with my husband, but I have to have these things all the time. It's like you have to have them. You have to have something to look forward to. Husbands, your wives need something to look forward to besides laundry and uh, <laughs> house cleaning, house cleaning, hallelujah. And uh, cooking and washing dishes and diapers. She needs something to look forward to besides just going to work every day, coming home after work, and doing more of that. Amen. But wives, it's your responsibility to plan your own little party. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, so we're learning how to be wise and how to live life fruitfully. Um, um, in chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls out to the crowds along the main street and to those in front of City Hall. And you know, you know what God's telling us here? And you know, you know this. He's always speaking. God's always speaking. God's, wisdom's always crying out to you. God's always speaking. But it's up to us to listen to Him, to stop and listen. You know, to, to take the time to find out what He's saying. And you know, if you're always going and the TV's always blaring and music's always blaring and some people just got too much noise going on around them, they're never going to hear God. Amen? And so, but wisdom's always talking. God's always talking. He's not withholding and not talking to you. You know, and I, in verse 31, it says, uh, in verse 31, when we don't listen to God, it says, uh, that is why the, when people don't listen to God, that is why they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. If you live your own way, that means not the way God's telling you to live. You just go your own way. You're going to eat bitter fruit. Amen? Sometimes we feel sorry for people. And yeah, we should have mercy and compassion. But people are going to eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, folks. Amen? Okay. And then verse 33, I like this part. But all who listen to me will live in peace and safety, unafraid of harm. If we'll listen to God, if we'll listen to God, we'll have peace. That's also prosperity, remember? Peace of peace of mind, but also prosperity. If we'll listen to God, we'll have peace. We'll have prosperity. We don't have to live in fear. If you don't listen to God, you're always having to guard your backside. Amen? If you listen to evil people, you're going to always have to be guarding your backside. I know... Uh, uh, you know, I read in the paper something not too long ago, 
and uh, some girl was out in the middle of the night somewhere, and uh, and something happened to her, and I think she got killed anyway. And so uh, one of her relatives was saying, "Well, uh, well, now it's just you know it's just wrong, you know that they shot her and all that, and not, and it is wrong. I'm agreeing, it's wrong. But if you won't be out at three o'clock in the morning, now there's the pra- I, you know I'm practical. I'm practical." We need to be where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be. And when we're, when we're not where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be, you're going to run into things that you wouldn't run into. You know, I just don't run into those things. But, you know, sometimes we just, well, well I don't know why God didn't protect me. I was out 3 o'clock in the morning messing around with people I shouldn't have been messing around with. The Bible says if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And, you know, I just I see these mamas and they just get all up in arms and they just, and I agree. You know, I feel, you don't want to, nobody wants to lose a kid. But we got to teach our kids not to be where they're not supposed to be because when you're where you're not supposed to be, you run into trouble. Amen. Amen. And if you'll be where you're supposed to be, you won't run into trouble. Amen. And when you do run into trouble, Joe, when you're where you're supposed to be, Joe ran into trouble at Walmart the other night. Left church. He was, I mean, this man went to church, went, went to Walmart and it, in Northport and, and got attacked in the parking lot. But when that, those kind of things happen, God will deliver us out of it. Amen. God will deliver us out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's don't be where we're not supposed to be. Boy, that is a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> now, chapter 2, verse 12. Let's drop down to there. We're kind of skipping around. I know you think I'm hung in the first four chapters, but there's just so much to, to, to get out of them. We'll just get all the wisdom we can out of them. Wisdom will save you from evil people. Let me read that in the King James. I like that better in the King James. About a back, bounce back and forth between the two versions. But anyway, it says... T- to, uh, to wisdom to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. Did you notice that word man there is italicized? In your Bible is the word man italicized. Look. Yes, it is. That You know what that means. That means it's not in the original. That means that the translators added it for clarity. Amen. But if you look at that, to deliver thee from the way of the evil, from the man that speaketh froward things. You know, really, the main thing that's talking about is Satan. He's really the evil man. Now, there are evil men on earth, but I'm talking about there's an evil man that talks to your brain. Amen. The devil can't read your mind, but he can talk to it. And he talks to your mind, and he don't know if you heard it unless you say it back to him or say it to somebody else. You know, he'll say, you're not going to be able to pay your bills this month. He knows you heard when you tell your wife, I just don't know how we're going to pay our bills this month. I'm telling you, God doesn't say to you. He will never say to you, I don't know how you're going to pay your bills this month. Why? Because he knows exactly how, if you'll obey him. He knows exactly how to pay your bills. He knows exactly how. Amen? He's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. God will never say that. But the evil man will. He says there he speaks with the evil man. He speaketh froward things. He speaks that froward, if you look in the Hebrew, it means false things or fraudulent things. He will deceive you. He will, he will, he's a fraud and he will speak fraudulent things to you, things that are not true. Amen. He can't talk the truth. 
The best he can do is give you a half-truth in order to deceive you. And he'll speak fraudulent or froward things to you, trying to get you off track. Amen? He wants, you get you, he wants to get you out of the will of God. He wants to get you off track. He wants to, you know, he, 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 wants, to, he wants to tell you to, to sin a little and it won't hurt. To tell a little white lie and it'd be better. He's convinced nearly the whole world that, you know, that sometimes a white lie is the best way to go. Well, you know there's no such thing as a white lie. You and I know that. Amen. And we, you know what? Truth always is better. Truth always is better. It's better to get the truth out there and face it. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I'm just quickening. It's about, we need to deal truly. We need to deal truly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then verse 16, looking on down. You know, wisdom will deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. This, this, uh, this evil man, uh, he's going to speak. He, he tries to speak to you. Devil will. And he'll try to tell you, well, you know. Uh, he, well, first of all, he, he's real subtle. He tries to get you to be at some place you ought not to be. So then he can tempt you with something that you're not supposed to have. Amen. Like, the, like, like King David in the book, uh, in the Old Testament. You know, it, 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 it talks about, you know, that he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And remember it says about him, it says, uh, it says at the time when the kings go out to war. David was at the house. See, he was at the place he wasn't supposed to be. It was time to go to war, and he was at the house. Amen. Amen. And if we get in, if we will let the enemy get us in the wrong place, well, it won't hurt to go here just this once. Well, you know, because you know, now you know those casinos, those hotel rooms are cheaper there, you know. And we're not going to go in the casino. We're just going to stay in the hotel room because, my Lord, they give them away practically. You know they do, don't you? Oh, no, we because we, we go, and a lot of times we spend the night in Shreveport going home. Either We're usually coming back because we go further than that. When we, when we go, it's not home, but when we go to our hometown where we grew up, we have to go, we get on I-20 and don't get off till we get there practically. It's just straight shot on I-20. Well, coming back, we usually get about Shreveport. You know, them casino rooms are real cheap. But see, when you go places, you ought not to go. Amen? Then He'll tempt you with things that you'd never be tempted with. And by the way, we've never done that. <laughs> but people have told us that. Well, you know, you stay in those casinos, oh, you know, a lot cheaper. Because they, they give you the hotel room real cheap. Because they, my Lord, if you, if some people, they just even give the hotel room to. Some people, they even pick them up at the airport in a limo. Amen. Why? I want you to come spend money there. Amen. Amen. And uh, is the whole world ignorant? It's rigged, y'all. They are going to win. It's, it's rigged. They win. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, but, but see see how he gets us to, he, he speaks fraudulent things to us. And people, people fall for it. People begin to believe, I, I, I need to get out of debt. I need to hit the big one. And go to the casino trying to get out of debt. It's the worst place to go to get out of debt, isn't it? 
That's a fact. Amen. And trying to hit the big one. And trying to use a a, 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 a chance, a system of chance to to get out of to to get out of something. God's got a sure way. He don't need publishers clearing house, readers digest. Amen. He doesn't need those things. And he doesn't use them. Amen. I know everybody's saying amen because y'all just entered your publisher's clearinghouse. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, it's just a subtle form. It's just a subtle form of a game of chance. Gambling being a less subtle form. Slots and all that being a less subtle form. But it's just a subtle form. Amen. Amen. God wants to... God, God wants to anoint you to prosper. He don't want you to have to resort to, to chance and, and get in there with the world system. That's the world system. Amen. And put your name in a bucket with 20,000 million other people. That's not a way to say it, but anyway. And, uh, by, and by chance, no, he's got a sure, he's a sure foundation. He's a sure, he's a sure way, isn't he? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So anyway, uh, but and one of the things that the devil does is this strange woman, you know. Uh, actually, I think some versions say adulterous woman. It's the um, immoral woman. And the first thing about her, it says there that she flattereth with her words. Flattery. Flattery is always deception. Amen. And so, you know, when somebody starts flattering you, uh, and especially after you've been taught this, all of your, uh, your sensors ought to go up. All of your, you know, your spiritual antenna ought to go up. Amen? Well, you know, you just look so beautiful today. And most of us all like to hear those kind of things. Amen? And you know, you just, you just understand me so much better than my wife does. I just feel like I can say anything to you. I just feel like I've known you all my life. Do y'all hear that? Do y'all hear that? And so that's one of the first things. And, and then, um, the, the, it says there that she has, uh, that this woman, and you know, it could be a man too. Let's, let's clarify there, okay? There's adulterous men as well as adulterous woman. But, he, but, but here, David was talking to his son Solomon. So he's doing it from that perspective. And he says, flatters with her words, forsakes the guide of her youth, forsakes the things that the parents, her parents told her, forsakes the things that her parents taught her, and then forgetteth the covenant of her God. She forgot. I looked that up in the Hebrew, and it says to forget from lack of attention. If we don't give attention to the covenant of our God, give attention to the Word of God, we can get in a position where we forget it. I know that seems hard with us here tonight on a Wednesday night to imagine forgetting the covenant of our God, but you could forget it. Amen. Amen? And we need to be on guard against that. In the uh, verse 18 in, in talks about the, the, this situation in uh, the New Living Bible. It says, uh, entering her house leads to death. It's the road to hell. I want to tell you something, family. You write this down. Adultery is the road to hell. 
I think you probably say, well, I don't know why you're teaching on that here. I mean, it's not, but I heard of a church recently, not one in this town, so don't rack your brain or nothing. Don't strain anything here. But I heard of a church and, and they told us that five people on the praise and worship team last year evolved in, involved in adultery. Five. Five people. Five different situations of adultery all in the praise and worship team. And you know what? You know what? You know, you, a spirit can come in in a church like that. We got to be on guard. Amen. You got to be on guard. Amen. You can be in an office place in a spirit of adultery working in that place. Listen, jobs are dime a dozen. You say, no, 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 I need my job. No, 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 you need your life. Amen. You don't want to go to hell or go to hell in this life. Amen. I'm not saying if you commit adultery, you're just automatically going to hell. But I guarantee you, you are going to hell on earth. You are going to hell on earth if you get into adultery. And also it says there in verse 19 of that, it says, uh, The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. I, I tell you, now I know this not only from the Bible. I've, I've, I've learned to believe the Bible. If it says it, don't matter if I've ever seen it. But I've seen this and proved it. So I saw it proved out. I didn't prove it in my own life. I saw it proved out. People don't ever recover. Never. Even they, they repent, God forgives them. Yes, they never recover from it though. In other words, you never get back where you were. You never get the fullness of life ever from adultery. You never do. You, Billy Graham says you can't unscramble eggs. You can't unscramble eggs. And you get your life so scrambled up, and you know you lose. And chapter 5, chapter 5 of uh, Proverbs there. Let's turn over there. Because chapter 5, nearly the whole chapter, he deals with marriage, and but uh, he deals a lot with adultery. In chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Lest thou give thine honor unto others. He says, talks about removing your way from that woman, that strange woman. Lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. He gives us there about five things that come from adultery. One of them is that you give your honor unto others. You lose your honor. You lose your honor in front of your town and your business and your church and you lose your honor and you lose your honor to yourself. And I've watched people and you know the Bible says there's no condemnation and we are forgiven and we know we are. But I've watched people and they struggle with staying out of condemnation after they've once entered into those paths of adultery. They have to work hard at getting their minds renewed and saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus again. And um, um, the only way that's not true is if they had adultery in their lives before they got saved and weren't even saved, didn't even know God. And then if they get saved, you know, we become a new creation. And those people, they don't struggle with it. But if you're a Christian and then you slip into adultery, I guarantee you, you will struggle with your honor the rest of your life. Amen. And then it says, and give thy years unto the cruel. Or actually, in the Hebrew, it says the cruel one. Satan is the cruel one. Amen. You're going to give your years unto Satan, to the cruel one. And then he says, lest strangers be filled with thy wealth. Well, how could strangers get your money by adultery? Well, one way is when you have to pay a bunch of child support for all the kids you fathered. And the lawyer too. <laughs> You know, some people can't get ahead in life. They're paying so much child support. 
Amen? You say, well, I'll just make more. And the judge just gives her more too. Right? Hallelujah. I mean, I heard a lady here recently, her husband was really prosperous. She's getting about $10,000 a month child support. It depends on what you make. They don't toss that much to support a child. Well, the judge says you, that does the child deserves to live like you live. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And give thy labors into the house of a stranger. You know, that's what that Greek, the Hebrew says there. It's really talking about prison. Listen, if you get too messed up with adultery, you can wind up in prison. Amen. You can end up in prison. You can end up in a fight you didn't get intend to get into. You can end up killing somebody you didn't intend to kill. And, th and thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. There he's talking about disease. You know, when you get into adultery, you're taking a risk of disease. In our day and age, it's even escalated. But even in Bible day. And it's, did y'all ever notice that the diseases associated with adultery are incurable? They can treat them, but they can't cure them. Except Jesus can heal them. Amen. Thank God He's merciful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we need to guard against this. Proverbs tells us to. Uh, in verse 20. Um, verse 20 of Proverbs. I'm going to read this from the new of chapter uh, two. Follow the steps of good men instead and stay on the paths of the righteous. You know, the Bible, uh, you, you hear people, not the Bible, but you hear people say, oh, you're not supposed to follow men. Yes, you are. You're supposed to follow steps of good men. You're supposed to follow steps of good men. Amen. Follow the steps of good men. Glory to God. Glory to God. In verse 21 there, it says... Uh, Follow the steps of good men instead and stay on the path of the righteous. For only the upright will live in the land and those who, are of, who have integrity will remain in it. He's talking about the land of blessing there. Only the upright come into the land of blessing. You can come into the land of blessing, but you've got to have integrity to stay there. Only those with integrity stay in the land of blessing. Doing what's right. Remember, learning what to, to do what's right. To do right. To do the right thing. Is this the right thing to do? Asking yourself. Helping each other in your family. Tell your wife, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do the right thing. Wives telling your husbands. I tell you what, God never intended the wife to be a doormat and not speak up and say, no, we're not going to do that. That's not the right thing to do. Amen. We say, well, she's supposed to submit. She's not supposed to submit to what's not right. Amen. Amen. She's supposed to, you know, women are to be an influence. Women have powerful influence. And we are to influence our husbands for righteousness. We are to use our influence on our husbands. Well, I just leave him alone. Well, I don't I influence mine. Amen. And I don't mean hammering on him and nagging at him all the time. There's lots of ways to influence. Cook a real good meal. That's pretty influential. It's amazing what it'll do. Cook dessert too. That's very influential. Be sweet. My grandmother, you said you can draw more flies with honey. Amen. You can get more. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you, now I'm not picking on the women. Meaner than junkyard dogs. 
And then wonder why he won't do anything she... No, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I pick it on the women a little bit because some men are mean too, but hallelujah. Glory to God. But you know, even if he's mean, you're not going to win him just being that much meaner. Hmm? Hmm? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, hallelujah. Chapter 3, verse 5. Skipping right down. Y'all aren't, y'all, y'all, y'all aren't completely filled up yet. Chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So he gives us some instructions here. And we can't just pick and choose in these instructions. You know, sometimes we like to just pick out one. And, and, you know, one part, we like that part, and so we do that part, and then we want the whole thing to work for us. No, the whole thing works when you do all the parts. First of all, we got to trust Him. Amen? we got to trust in the Lord. we got to put our whole trust in Him. Sometimes people are kind of trusting God. You know? Some people don't trust anybody, much less God. Amen? No, we got to trust Him. It's not going to work for us. This health thing, this prosperity thing, which is the two promises there, if we don't trust Him. And there's some ways to tell if you're trusting Him. And He didn't say, He said, trust Him with all thine heart. Amen. And then He says not to lean on thine own understanding. That word lean means rely. And the uh, word understanding means knowledge. Don't rely on your knowledge. Don't rely on what you know. You know there's always more to it than meets the eye. What you know may not even be the facts. That's why we've got to lean on Him. That's why we've got to trust Him. Sometimes we think we know people, don't we? But God's the one that really knows. Amen? People that I would have thought were, were just uh, uh, the epitome of goodness and honesty. Sometimes I found later that that wasn't the case. Amen. You know, it takes a long time to know people. You don't know somebody in six months. Uh, people, if you're dating somebody, you don't know them in six months. Amen? Amen? Hello. Amen. You don't know them probably in a year. Amen. I've noticed sometimes you don't know them in four years. It's like, my Lord, am I going to have to date her for half a century <laughs> before I can marry her? <laughs> no. You're going to have to trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding and believe what He says and believe the counsel. You know, you know what, family? When everybody in your family and your pastor and everybody around you saying, don't marry him, don't marry him, don't marry him, don't marry him. It's, it's, you know what? They're probably right. They're right. Amen. They're right. They're right. And then, you, you know, we marry that old skunk and then we get on the road to hell. Amen. We have hell on earth instead of heaven on earth. Days of heaven. We're supposed to be having days of heaven and we get days of hell on earth. You know, God, I pray you let me die. Because my mom won't kill me if I divorce him. Well, I mean, you know, people get in those kind of situations. What are we supposed to be doing? Trusting in the Lord? Amen. Listen, we need to trust Him. We need to, when he says no, we need to say, yes, sir. I don't understand. I don't see it. 
but God show me. Yeah, but I love him. Well, I, I, one thing I want to say right here, it is not love. You, it is impossible to love someone that is beating you. You can't do it or that is abusing you. You can't love somebody abusing you. Your soul is tied to them. Now, I'll believe that, but you don't love somebody that beats you. You may have mercy on them. You may have pity on them. But we're talking love here. Amen. You may even... And so, so we got to... We got to trust the Lord. And we got to lean on Him. Lean over entirely on Him. And acknowledge... In all your ways, acknowledge Him. That word acknowledge means get, get His advice. In all your ways. Not just on a few topics that you really want His advice. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. For everything you're going to do. For every decision you're going to make. For, for Don't make a move without acknowledging Him. I, I tell you what, let, give me strength, people. I mean, I'm just going to get off on this here. This makes me mad. Yeah, I prayed. We prayed three days. And make a major decision in life, and you prayed three days, give me strength. Three days isn't long enough to get your soul put under. To get your emotions put under. To get your, you know, you can't make a, yeah, we prayed. And that's, that is not, that, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta seek the face of God. You gotta get a, you gotta hear from heaven, not just well, yeah, my, I prayed in my, and what I'm feeling in my heart. Well, you can't, have, you don't even, you, you can't find out what's in your heart in two days or three days or a week. And yeah, yeah, we're moving, Pastor, because we heard from God. I just like, I, I just, I like Brother Hagen says, you just rather hear a donkey bray at midnight in a barn. And donkeys are smarter than that. Amen. You give it six months. Give it six months. Well, we prayed and God's leading us to do this. No, you didn't. You prayed and found an excuse to do what your flesh was telling you to do. And you didn't pray. You give it six months. I guarantee you, you give it two months. You give it a month and your, your emotions won't even be the same. People make emotional decisions that ruin the rest of their life. And you know, you're not going to get ahead in life. You can't get ahead in life when you start over every six months. Every two years, every two years change churches. That's like building a house, pouring the foundation, framing it, and then knocking it all down, and coming over here and pouring a foundation, and framing it, knocking it all down, and come over here and pour a foundation, and frame it, and knock it all down. That is ludicrous, family. You'll never build anything in your spiritual life. Plant your feet. Plant your feet. Find where God wants you. No church in this town wants you if you're not supposed to be there. And then plant your feet... And stay there. Amen. Don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. That is the truth. That is the truth. Plant your feet. And stay there through thick, through thin, through blessing, through, through rebuke and reproof. And, and, and uh, stay there and grow spiritually. You know, I, 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 and, and boy, I'm fine. I finally saw it. I didn't mean to go there, Pastor. Tell me to stop if you want me to. <laughs> he would, he would. But, you know, I, I just saw something. It's kind of like, and, 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 and it, it seems like it's in this county. And we're going to pray it out. But it's kind of like, well, you know, you eat at O'Charlie's for about a year. And then you kind of, I'm kind of tired of O'Charlie's. 
Now let's go eat at Harvey's for a year. Ah, that is... I wish all the pastors in this county would get together and say, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. The Bible says mark them. I, I, think we all, I think the pastors ought to get together and start marking them. Boy, it got quiet. This has turned Presbyterian on me. Ooh, that family, that is not God. You didn't, you didn't, you're, you're trusting in your own understanding. That's not God. God doesn't do that. God doesn't lead that way. Now, I tell you when he tells you to go somewhere else, when you can go up, when he, he, first of all, he tells you where to go. He don't say, no, now just go out there and wander around for a while. No, he tells you where to go, and it's always for this reason and one reason only. Unless there is, there's always one reason. There's no unless, forget that. One reason. Go there to go up higher and, and, and learn more of me. That's the only reason. Amen? The only reason. The only reason. That's the only reason. Well, they hurt my feelings. Well, get healed. If I'd left every time you hurt my feelings, whoo, if I left him every time he hurt my feelings, if he left me every time I hurt his feelings, Let's see, I think we'd have been married a day and a half. <laughs> I think we had been on the honeymoon about a day and a half when he hurt my feelings the first time. Some of you, it hadn't been that long. It didn't let you, he hurt your feelings long for that. Amen? I don't know. My mama hurts my feelings, and sometimes she's still my mama. My daddy's hurt my feelings before he's still my daddy. I know I've hurt his feelings before, and, he's, and he, he, you know he didn't walk out on me. Amen. Now, nobody in here, we're trying to walk in love best we can. But see, the devil is mostly responsible. Oh, yeah, I know sometimes people come to church and they got, you know, hormones are running every which way. And, you know, and sometimes you just got to bear with some of us. But, um, but mostly, you know, I, I really am trying to walk in love. And Kim's really trying to walk in love. And, you know, we're really trying to walk in love, aren't we? I'm really not trying to hurt anybody ever, are you? Did you ever really try to hurt somebody? Huh? huh? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Who said yes, ma'am? <laughs> Who are you telling on him or you? Uh, they're both pointing at each other. <laughs> they're not married. They're brother and sister, y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, since you grew up in Jesus, we don't usually try to intend to hurt each other. Amen. But we got to start teaching some of these things in the church. We got to start teaching some of these things and we got to start doing things differently. And we got to pray some things out of our town, out of our area, our city, our, our area. Hallelujah. Because why? Because it's not helping people. People are, people are being hurt and, and they're not growing and they're not going on with God because of it. Because the devil's working on them. The devil's working on their minds. Hallelujah. Praise God. Got to make Jesus Lord. Trust in the Lord. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. Get His advice. Get His advice. He don't con contradict His word either. Well, He advised me to divorce my wife and marry this other girl. No, He didn't. Amen. He didn't. He don't contradict His word. Amen. Amen. God's not giving that kind of advice. Amen.
praise God. Then in verse 7, he said, depart from evil. I looked at that word depart in the Hebrew. We're going to end with this, so don't get antsy on me. But it says to turn off. It means to turn off. Turn off evil. Does that remind you of anything? Turn off evil. Turn off. It means turn off. You know, when somebody's talking evil around us, we need to what? Turn it off. Amen. When the TV is talking evil, what do we need to do? Turn it off. Amen. When, when there's evil things around us, we need to walk away. Now, Pastor and I, we, we don't believe, we, we're not um, hardliners. Don't, you can't go to a movie. But I want to tell you something, if you're going to go to movies, you're going to have to be willing to turn it off. You're going to have to be willing to flush your $6 and say, I'm getting up and walking out of this place. Amen. Amen. I know there's some good things out there. There's some good, not, not much, but a few good things. And you, know, and, you, and you know, if you're like me, I was raised going to the movie every Friday night. My daddy took me and dumped me out, and all us girls went to the movie. And my, my, one of, we, there was about five or six of us girls all in the same grade. We all went to the movie. And one of the girls, her daddy owned the movie theater. One night he kicked all of us out. <laughs> Threw all six of us out of the movie. Why? Because we was running up and down the house and making more <laughs> I don't know what all we were doing, you know, making so much noise, nobody else could watch a movie. Amen. <laughs> so I guess I was raised on them, and you know, I, you know, and there's some good ones, especially the old ones out there. But we got to be willing to turn it off. We got to, the body of Christ has got to get clean. And we got to turn off evil. That word evil there means, listen to this. Now, this is what's going to shock you because you're no, oh, yeah, let's turn off the, the fornication. Let's turn off the nudity. Yeah, we ought to. Let's turn off all that. But look what else it means. It means adversity, affliction, calamity, and harm. And then the very next verse is, uh, and it'll be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Isn't that what it says? Listen, we got to turn off uh, affliction. You know, some of us think, oh, yeah, I don't watch any dirty shows. I just watch ER and, uh, let's see, I watch all the cancer specials. And, uh, you know, when we watch this stuff about disease and sickness, and it's not health to us. Amen. That I tell you, I'd nearly watch, rather watch, I really, this is how I feel about it. I'd rather watch nudity and, and fornication and, and batting. And I'm not, don't, don't, hold, don't, don't. Don't get mad at me now here because I'm making a point. I'm not saying I do. But I think I just, I just hate uh, shows about disease and sickness. I don't want to meditate on sickness and disease. I don't want to meditate on tragedy and, and, and car wrecks. And, and uh, uh, you know, I don't want that stuff in me any more than I want the adultery and, the, and the, all the other stuff in me. Amen. So now you're down to just watching uh, Andy Griffith, and <laughs> that's about all that's left on TV. Is you TV land? You can watch that, you know, because there's nothing else left. The news is just one person shot another one. About you know five every evening, somebody's been shot in Birmingham. Really, you know? Hallelujah! I always have to watch the weather, though. I guess that's because we used to be farmers and was like we gotta go what the weather's gonna do. I don't know why. It doesn't really matter, does it? But man, you know, we plan so many years. We planned our life around the weather. And this cycle, we got to watch the weather. And then, you know, pastor says, is it going to freeze tonight? Because, you know, the freeze was the all-important thing when you was farming. Is it going to freeze tonight? Does it like like it made a big difference? You know, but we have to do that. <laughs> and then that verse 8, he says, it'll be health. That word also means cure. So it's not only health, but it's a cure. 
to your navel. That means the very center of your being, the core of you, all of you. From the center of your being all the way to the tips of your toes and the tips of your fingernails. Health. Amen. Why? From trusting in the Lord, not leaning to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledging Him. Uh, uh, departing from evil. Amen. Health. And marrow. That word marrow means moisture. Actually, it's talking about youth there. You're going to be young if you'll do these things. You'll stay young. It's moisture to your bones. Actually, it's actually the word bones is body also. Could have been translated body just as easily. It's moisture to your body. You don't get all dry and wrinkled up when you stay on the Word of God. Amen. Don't turn into a prune. Hallelujah. I was reading in Dear Abby today. I'd have to read Dear Abby, you know, to think about all the ways she told him that she shouldn't have told him. But anyway, you know, and there's a 96-year-old man married to a 76-year-old woman. And the man he and they were dancing and, and gardening and doing all sorts of stuff at 96. I thought, wow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You marry them young women, they'll keep you young. Hallelujah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I was kidding. I was kidding. I was kidding. I was kidding. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, God's got health and He's got a cure for us. And uh He says there. In uh, that verse that we didn't finish it, so we will. Uh, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Honor means glorify and promote God. Glorify and promote God with your substance. And uh, the first fruits means first in place, time, order, or rank. First in place, time, order, and rank. Putting Him first, doing it first. I, I, you know, I know we're to tithe, and that's right, the tithe. But it's also important that we not only just tithe, but that we do it first. I know when I get my paycheck, I always, uh, uh, first thing I do is write out my deposit slip. Second thing I do is write out my tithe check. And then I just put it in my billfold and carry it around until I get to the next service. And I can put it in an envelope. And put it. And then I bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Amen? So we have put it first. I was meditating on this today, and I was thinking, you know, so many people tithe, but they don't put it first. Or they give, they, they, they put it kind of, they do a lot of other things first, and then when they get to church, they kind of see, and yeah, most of the time they hit it. And, and uh, uh, it's just important to do it first. It's so important to just get the first fruits out there. Amen? Do it first. Do it first. I know, and if you, you know, family, we got to give offerings. It's the tithe belongs to God. You hadn't even sowed a seed until you give offerings. And uh, I know, um, in years ago, not that many years, but maybe 15 years ago, when things were really, uh, I was really believing God, you know, just how are we going to pay the electric bill this month back in those days. Well, um, I'd get my paycheck. And I had determined I was going to sow seed. And, uh, you know, I didn't wait around to see if there was going to be any seed left over because I knew I needed to get a harvest. I knew I needed to come out of where I was. I needed to get something going in my life. So I'd write that tithe check, and then I'd turn right around, and I think it was $20 a week, our, our service. I had determined that every service that I wasn't tithing, I was going to give 20, I was going to sow $20 worth of seed. So you know what I did? I just 
Uh, right then after I wrote my tithe check, I wrote out five or six checks, however I'd count up how many services we were going to have till the next time I got paid. And I'd go ahead and write $20 checks. I'd write about five, four or five $20 checks, put them in my billfold, go ahead and subtract it. Then I knew how much I had. Then I knew how, what I could do at Walmart. And then I didn't go to Walmart and have a Walmart attack or something. You know, or go to the mall. Of course, we didn't have a mall. You got to understand, we had a Walmart. That's all we had. If you had an attack, it was a Walmart attack. <laughs> you had to go out of town to have a bigger attack than that. You know, and uh, so, and, you know, in Walmart, in a little town is your entertainment. When you're bored, you go to Walmart. Literally, we'd go out to eat on Friday night and then go walk around Walmart for entertainment. There's not anything, there was nothing else to do in town, folks. You know, and that's not that's all there was to do except go visit your kin folks. That's the only other thing there was to do in the whole town, unless you unless it was football season, then you could go to the ball game. And if you know, <laughs> some of you've lived in little towns like that, but you know, just don't take it to chance that you're not going to have seed to sow. Because why, you, you if you're ever going to get out of where you are now, you've got to get some seed in the ground. You got it, and it doesn't have to be twenty dollars. It can be whatever Holy Ghost leads you. But if it's a problem, if sowing seeds a problem, now I don't do that anymore because sowing seeds not a problem. Amen. But I used to do that because otherwise, because and you know I might have three hundred dollars uh, to for two weeks to buy the groceries and to everything we were going to need for because Pastor always his the way we do it, and you don't have to do it this way is he would uh, his check pays for certain things and my check would pay for certain things and I've always had to buy the groceries and and I forget what else at that time but you know I might have $200 or $300 or sometimes but you know what we got seed in the ground and when because we did we got out of that place I don't want to I don't know about you but I want to live in that place forever I'll tell you something I don't want to live where I'm in the place I'm living in now forever you know I want to go up higher I want to move up and we got here's the thing and I'm going to close with this because and, and this is really something I wanted to tell you tonight. Uh, if we're going to have changes in our life and see impossible things turned around, if you've got some things that need to be turned around and seem impossible, pull yourself up to a new level of faith. You're going to have to pull yourself up to a new level of faith. You have to meditate on that and see what that means to you. But the, the impossible things, we got to pull ourselves up to a new level of faith. Even concerning miracles, like uh, to see impossible things like uh, impossible diseases and retard, mental retardation and those kind of things, to see those things healed, we got to pull ourselves as a church, not just this church, but the body of Christ, pull ourselves up to a new level of faith. You, we're not seeing those because we hadn't pulled ourselves up to the level of faith that it's going to take to see those. Amen? And there's some things in our lives financially and there's some that, that we got to pull ourselves up to a new level of faith on. Amen? I mean, we, some, we say, praise God, I'm a paymaster, I'm a millionaire. Good, I believe it, but pull yourself up to another level of faith. Because if you could have got there on the level of faith your own, you'd already be there. Amen. You're not on the right level of faith. God's not withholding. You're just going to have to go up to more levels in faith. Amen. So pull yourself up. Amen. And one thing we do that in church somewhat. You know, we're always pulling on you. Do you feel us pulling in the spirit and stepping on and crushing and toes? I mean, you're. <laughs> and, uh, uh, don't pull your toes back. Say, hit him again, Pastor. Hit him again. Amen. 
Hit them again. Knock that, knock that flesh off of me. Knock that, knock that unbelief off of me. Slap it off of me, Pastor. Slap it again, Pastor. Amen. I bet that's what God was talking about when he said, turn the other cheek. Amen. <laughs> Say, slap me again, Pastor. When you when when you when you hit when God when the pastor hits a tender spot, don't run from it. When God hits a tender spot, don't run from it. Just run into it. Run right into it. Say, oh God, why did that hurt? Ooh, 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 ooh. Lord, why did that make me feel like I wanted to swell up like an old toad? You know, there's a reason it made you want to swell up. Isn't there? There's a real good reason it made you puff up. Amen? Well, don't puff up. Find out why. Well, what, Lord, if it hurt your feelings, why'd that hurt my feelings? We're too tender. We're too tender. We shouldn't be getting our feelings hurt all the time and every time. We're too tender. There's a reason. We need to let God heal the reason. Amen? And come up in life. Uh, I, I wrote something down. I'll read. I got to read this to you. I keep saying we're going to go, but I got to read this one thing to you. Because I wrote it down for two weeks. You wouldn't want me to carry it the third, would you? And I never have got to say it. But I, the Holy Ghost showed it to me. It has to do with coming up. And then we're closing. Uh, if you want to have more, you got to change more and grow more and do more. Now, we've heard if you want more, do more. We've heard that before. But what the Holy Ghost said to me, if you want to have more, you've got to change more. Change more. Change more. Change fast. Let's quit being slow. Let's change fast. And change fast and change more and grow more and do more. Amen. Let's do more. Hallelujah. Let's do more. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Let's stand up. Pastor, what do you... You have something to know.